Hello, and welcome to Successful, Single, and Not Willing to Settle, the podcast, where we show amazing women how to attract the perfect partner for them by embracing and showcasing their authenticity. Starting off with Jen yawning. (laughs) That's a very auspicious beginning. Uh Uh-oh, guys. We are in for a really, really exciting podcast tonight. If Jen is already falling asleep. Hey, Jen. Hi. How are you? I'm good. I was going to say, just being eight months pregnant, a good excuse for yawning. I meant to ask you the other day, when you, well, not the other day, just before we started recording, when you were like, I was walking around looking for the microphone. I'm like, you're so out of breath. I don't know if you experienced that. If you're like, you don't have steps to your apartment, but like, I remember any steps I had to go up. I felt like I was all of a sudden on the top of like Mount Kilimanjaro where there's like, very thin air. It wasn't, it was just like, I don't know what it was. Like if he was like sitting on my like lungs or something, like I just couldn't catch my breath after like any movement upward. I I guess I've, I've noticed that you're right. I don't have steps, but, um, walking the dog like gets definitely is like a whole new form of exercise yeah Um, i used to in the high school so jen and i um used to work at the same high school um i would go up if i had something on the second floor i would go up a flight of steps and like be like wheezing (laughs) it was so bad just like oh my god if you want to feel bad about yourself go up a flight of stairs while pregnant yeah so hi guys but enough about pregnancy and being out of <laughs> breath. Today we're here to talk to you about the third episode of Bachelor's, what is the title? I have best moments, but that's not what it is. Most something, something. Most I, amazing I, episodes. I don't know. I'm realizing I don't even know. I just thought it was called The Bachelor. Greatest. It's something. Greatest. Great, greatest, greatest. Greatest episodes. It's some hyperbole. And speaking of hyperbole, we were just discussing Chris. And his overuse of hyperbole, it's, it's just getting to the point where I'm like, you might as well be saying nothing. Yeah. You know, it's just completely like overused. So what I did this week when I listened to this episode is I wrote, I don't think I got all of them, but I started just writing them down one after the other. So, um, most dramatic ending, my dog, sorry. Most, most dramatic ending in Bachelor history. Ben is the most loving and caring man, one of the most loving and care, or no, is the most loving and caring man I have ever met, I think he said. Most dramatic emotional endings I've ever seen. That was four minutes in, people. Four minutes in, he'd already said those three things. Then Ben had some of the most genuine women in his show, most genuine. Um, I actually am impressed by it. So I I posted an Instagram today that he's always complimenting the men and rarely is he complimenting the women, but genuine is a compliment. It is. And then he goes on to interview women independently during this episode and completely insult them. Yes. So that happens in the same breath. Yeah. He did that last week too. And I don't want to get in the middle of your hyperbolic list, but there was a quote he said this time that like made my blood boil. Ooh, what was it? 
He said, poor Ben, in reference to the women contestants on his show. Wow. I yeah. didn't hear that. When did he say, what part was he up to? It must have been sort of soon. Um, because it's towards the beginning of my Chris Harrison notes. Um, but I'm sure you, and it might have even been in reference to Olivia. Um, yeah, so what he said to, directly to Olivia, which we'll get to, was blood boiling. And her face said it all. Yeah. And like, for her, like, yeah. I really like Olivia. I did not see the season. Too. So again, like guys, I'm only seeing these recaps. So I did not see the season, but like love, love how I loved Olivia coming on. I love the way that she presented herself. I love that how that's what authenticity I feel like looks like. Mm -hmm. She felt very authentic. Um, and yeah, I'm gonna check out her podcast because it sounded really awesome too. Yeah, I mean, when we talk about her specifically, um, I, I can kind of shed some light on like what I remember watching it for the first time, but um, she definitely um, carried herself so well in that interview and I was really impressed. Um, and, and just felt like, like a sense of like female pride watching her engage with him in that conversation. Yeah, and it goes to show, like, she did a lot of work on herself and um, not, like, changing herself, but, like, really kind of looked at, like, why was I presented this way? What did this do to me? She really did some, like, this inner work. And you see it. She just, there's been growth there. And yeah. you can feel it coming off of her. And that's, like, that's the beauty of what happens when we really are, like, I don't like that this happened to me or that I was presented in this way or that I looked like this or I acted this way. Let me look at it. As opposed to what a lot of people do is like, I don't like it, so I'm not going to look at it or I'm going to just blame everybody else for it. You know, whatever yeah. it is. Like, she actually did the work. And when you do the work, you get results. Yeah, we got a lot of that on this show. And I'm excited to talk about how we saw that come through. Um, and, and many of our female um, contestants. Yeah. So that was that was exciting. And I know that's something you and I are like really big on is like if you go through something and it and it personally challenges you, like look at it in the face. Yes, absolutely. And if you want a challenge and have to look at something, then go on The Bachelor. It will yeah. provide you with multiple challenges that you will then have to dig through and pay a therapist for for many years afterwards. So Good job. Including conversations with the hyperbolic and narcissistic Chris Harrison. Oh, yes. Yeah. So let's get back to him. So then he said, I have information tonight that might break the internet. Um, I don't even remember what that was attached to. I, I think it was Dean and Kaylin, but it had, well, I guess I should say, like, I'm thinking everyone already knew, but everyone knew because I watched the show like four days later. So I knew. <laughs> I didn't know, I and I watched it like five days later because I just didn't know. Um, then, and I did actually, I'm actually not a Bachelor virgin because I did watch Bachelor in Paradise last summer. Yeah, and so you know Dean and Dean Kaylin, and Yes, right? I know that. I know yeah, that. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, oh my God, I know Yay. people. <laughs> Yay. You um, know all about stagecoach festival drama. I do. So, <laughs> so for you guys to know, I... I did watch it last summer, Bachelor in Paradise was the first thing I ever watched. 
Um, it's different though than The Bachelor because yeah. it's it's not just one and a bunch, right? So it's, it was different. Um, but I did because one of our clients was watching it and like Jen and our client kept like like jibber jabbing about it. And I was like, damn it, now I have to watch it so I can continue <laughs> the conversation. Um, so then he said, this truly is one of the most dramatic endings ever. And then he said, I remember that day in Jamaica, one of the most heart-wrenching days we've ever had on the show. And then he said, you gave us one of the greatest Bachelor seasons of all time. Those are the ones that I caught that I was like, oh, let me write this down. That was the, those are the ones that I caught. It's like, if you keep saying, it's like the boy who cried wolf. Yeah. You know, if you keep using hyperbole, at some point we don't even hear it anymore or it just, it brings up our gag reflex. Yeah, I mean, I, and, and this was sort of a running joke for us as we were watching this episode. I think more for me than for you, which maybe is the third trimester talking. But I was like, oh, barf. Oh, gag. Oh, I can't wait to barf. hear. Great. So Jen reached out to me. And she was like, I'm thinking we should maybe make a barfometer for this episode. And I was like, yeah. And I totally had this idea that I was going to like, take a plate and cut it in half and half my arrow and the, the levels were going to be like queasy reflux and then blowing chunks or like yeah. three, I think we're three um yeah. and then I'm like wait we're doing a podcast <laughs> I can't see it so I'll just tell you where we are in that on that bar from here so just based on Chris Harrison alone I had three barf comments First one was the poor Ben in reference to the women. And that for me is straight up blow chunks 100. on Chris Harrison and yeah. hope like his mouth is slightly open um, so that he, you know, suffers the wrath. And then he said, this kind of goes with your hyperbole comment, but he said, it doesn't matter if you are seeing this for the first time or the hundredth time. Oh my God, ew. And I was like barf, um, which I think is a reflux barf because who would watch this a hundred times? Right, and this is the little, the, the, uh, it's so interesting because I was just watching Handmaid's Tale last night and my head with the, with the like, oh, like I was sitting next to my husband when we were watching it and I, and the commander, Waterford. Yeah. Right? So now I'm going on, on the side, whatever, but, um. He's so stupid. Like he's so brainwashed himself to think that like, like he's just stupid. Like everything he said, I was like, ew, you suck. And I kind of do the same thing with Chris. He's like Waterford. Like his whole perception of women, I feel like is off. Um, is he married? Um, fun fact, he got a divorce, I think relatively early on with this show like being a thing. And it, I, I mean, I was younger at the time, but I definitely got the vibe that like he finally got famous and was like, yeah, I want a divorce. I have no idea. <laughs> that's just <laughs> really happened. That's the story we wrote for him. <laughs> yeah, that's just what my brain decided happened. Um, I feel like he, um, I feel like he, he has definitely drank he, the Bachelor Kool-Aid. And I feel like, which I guess is his job to have drank it. Yeah. But he, the way that he talks about it is missing so much shit. It's just like, this is this, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna brush over like all like the really uncomfortable things that this show is, 
is doing to people. And that's what I saw also when he was talking to Kayla, I mean, Olivia, like really, really brush over and kind of be like, oh, I'm sorry. Like he says to her at one point when she talked about how much the, the way that the show portrayed her really, really was devastating to her. And he goes, oh, I'm so sorry that you were sad or something like that. Like he was so yeah. condescending and like not taking any responsibility for the fact that you were the spokesperson on the show that is basically, and yes, they're adults, but really puppeteering, like, like fucking with people's lives. <laughs> like, yeah, and, and while you're talking about it, it's making me think of Too Hot to Handle and the host on that show, Desiree. Mm. Yes, because she's how, a little tongue in cheek. Yes, like how refreshing she was because she was basically like, guys, this is utter bullshit. And right. <laughs> are ridiculous. And, and like, I'm so much more inclined to watch when I feel like you and I are on the same page as the host and me, the viewer. Um, you know, it, I think, and, and I've sort of shared this, but like, I've sort of lost the, the interest in really watching the bachelor shows, except bachelor in paradise. Um, because it's less, I, I mean, I don't really know, but it just feels a little more organic. Um, and there's so many things to be paying attention to, as opposed to like one person whittling down a group of people. Um, and, and there's less Chris Harrison. Yeah. Yeah. I think when we talk about, so like in our lot, when we tell people what we do, I mean, authenticity is in there. And yeah. again, like this might be his belief system, you know, but again, I go back to like the Waterford thing. Like there were so like in Handmaid's Tale, there were glaring things really, really wrong with the society that you're a part of. And you're just have a complete blind eye to it, you know? And I feel like he, this is what this is. Like he, there are so many things that are, and I get that his job is to, Host it, I guess, but you can host it and not be just like ignorant about it. It just feels like all he cares about is is like notches in his belt of couples that have lasted. Yes. Like and he kept saying that. Like he was He's like, like, Can I give this a W? Yeah. I give it a I give it a win. I'll tell you why. And I was like, uh and also okay, maybe it's it's not your win though. It's like it's yes. kind of like despite the way that you have intervened in our life, we still made it through. How about that? Yeah, and it feels like cheap wins. Like, to me, Dean and Kaylin is not a win. I and, really feel like it's, once and, you've been on the show, they feel like more like PTSD war, here, war veterans yeah. that have all been through this and now can no longer communicate with people on the outside world and have to, have to incestuously marry amongst themselves because... They just can't, you know, they they can't communicate with other people anymore. Like, that's what right. it feels like to me. The fact that, like, even Caitlin's, right, isn't, was it Caitlin who ended up with somebody else? Just, to, wait, who ended up with somebody from a totally different season? Or were you talking about that? I'm so bad with names. So it might not have been. Who is Caitlin with? Is she with somebody from The Bachelor? Oh, like, like last season, last episode. Last week, yeah. Yeah, she's with another guy that was on another season of The Bachelorette. Yeah, like it's, that's what I mean. Like this whole family, it doesn't feel like it's a good thing. 
Like, I feel like the people who, like, have married outside have actually evolved and gotten out of whatever this is. Right. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Okay, so then I wanted to make sure before we, like, jump into the actual people. Um, it's so funny, because whenever I sit and we, we start to record this, I'm like, we're going to be done, like, 45 minutes, right? Tops. <laughs> and, like, next thing I know, it's, like, three hours later, and I'm like, what were we talking about? Um, okay, how many fire, I, these are just questions that I have. It's actually only two right now. Um, okay. More might come up, but two questions <laughs> in a different section where I was like, am I, is this a bachelor thing that I'm missing? So just out of curiosity, because I'm starting to, like, gag a little bit, how many fireworks shows do they have per season? Is it one? Do, is there a fireworks date? This is a great question. Um, I want to say there's consistently one. There's but one. there might have been a season where, like, they, they just didn't do any fireworks. Okay. But, like, maybe it happened once. Because I'm starting to get, like, a major eye roll every time they're, like, surprised yeah. that there's, there's fireworks. Or, <laughs> and, there's, and there's always a private concert. Yeah. And there's always like a fast car date. Like it's, it's right, and this, this always a helicopter. This season it was with Kevin Hart and Ice Cube. Yeah. Was it Ice Cube or was it Ice Yeah, Cube? Ice, Ice Cube. So yeah, there's, there's always a helicopter. There's always, yeah. It's just, right, there's some things. But the fireworks bothers me more. I don't know, maybe because I just noticed it. I don't know. Um, and it, the other question, which really goes more when we're talking about when we get to Kayla, but what came up for me is it seems like, and I think that this is a flaw again in the show that, and again, tell me if I'm wrong. It feels like they know before going on there that at a certain point they have to tell him that they love him or else they're going to get the boot because he's waiting for that, like. Affirmation. Yeah. That like, sealed caught like it's like yeah. they've you know i don't know i'm thinking of some sort of cliche terminology for it but that they have to kind of just make reassure him that if you don't say it by then and when kayla was like crying and didn't know if she should say it it almost feels like more that these that they don't feel it yet or they have to convince themselves to feel it so they can say it so they can last longer on the show yeah i think you're absolutely right and this is one of the things that i think does especially come up in in this particular episode um is and it and it kind of matches what we coach to not do but i think you're absolutely right and this speaks to what we've discussed before that there's sort of this manufactured drama um where you know each of the contestants have like a, a handler that goes to them and says like you know, oh, you should talk about such and such on your date tonight. Mm. And if they haven't said, I love you, or I'm falling for you or whatever, there is this sense of pressure. And I, I would argue, not that I know like from personal experience, but I would argue that that must be the case because I have never seen a contestant get to week four or uh, not week four, but the final four without either saying it or discussing on an in-person like a one-to-one -one interview why they haven't said it yet mm. so it's clearly um presented to them by the 
the the film crew or the producers or the handlers like you should be saying this right and this is only like a six or eight week show so yeah it's i looked up at some point i was like how long are they actually together for and it's it's fewer than two months yeah it's less time than two months the whole and they don't even necessarily see each other every day um so we're talking about something that I think is huge in our coaching, where we say like, there is no set time where you have to decide this person is the one. You right. Know, there is no like date number where you're like, and I must know now. Right. And this way you're literally, talk about um, scarcity mindset. So here yeah. you have a guy and you like him. Maybe you like him, right? And you have no one else to choose from but this guy. And then you're not going to be able to move forward with him unless you preemptively <clears throat> let him know that you love him, even if you don't love him yet. So your mind starts doing this thing where it's like, if I don't say it, I'm going to lose him forever. To this not to mention that like your only outlet is a bunch of other people who are in love, in love, quote unquote. Um, right, who are vying for him too. Yeah, with the same person. So if you're not totally feeling it, you're like waking up and going down to breakfast and having your, your like yogurt and fruit and the girl next to you is like pawning over this guy and you're like, oh my God, I guess I should be in love with him because everyone else is in love with him. Right. These are all the things that you should not be doing when you're dating. <laughs> all the things. So like, I, let's yeah. say all the things you should not be doing when you're dating and let's make a show about it. Exactly. Exactly. And there just should not be this sense of pressure on anyone to commit to lock something down. I, I feel like that's a phrase you use often to move into monogamy if you're not ready. Right. But this show, there's there's a proposal and a ring at the end. So, you know, and I think- And to one, like that was the thing when I saw, when, so the whole thing where Ben ends up, you know, choosing I love you. the thing that he loves them both. Yeah. Is again, I feel like because he didn't know which one he loved yet. Yes. He didn't know yet. He didn't yeah. love both of them. He didn't know yet. Like you you keep dating until you know, but because there was a um, a time limit in this whole thing, because they had to have a fine, uh, final episode, which I think would have been a way more interesting episode if he was like, he sat down with both of them and said, I don't know. I want to continue to date both of you after here because I just don't know. And I want to make sure that whatever decisions I make, you know, are correct. And if he was genuine and then they had a choice to respond to that, that would have been so much more authentic than the night before. Like, how do you, how do you not have problems in a relationship when you know the night before he got down on one knee, he was sitting in a bathroom with the other person and, and blatantly said out loud to the other person, I love you. Yeah. Also, like yeah. if I saw my fiance, I watched the season post accepting that proposal, I'd be like, fuck no, I'm out. Like, what the hell is that, you know? Yeah, I think... It's, it's tough because I think some people see, see Ben as like doing the wrong thing, saying I love you to both. Um, mm -hmm. But I don't blame anyone except, except the nameless producers. Right. It's like, the show. Yeah. 
just like we like talk about how society gives us certain messages that really screw with our heads and make it very difficult to stay even keeled and level-minded and um and positive during dating yeah it's not our fault you know it's it's messages that we've been fed and our biological box is a whole bunch of things that that lends into it what our friends are like society around us is doing it so let's take all those crappy things and put them all in one house yeah and you can only focus on those things and that's how you're going to find a husband like that just seems it's just ridiculous um yeah okay so then the other thing that jen and i don't agree upon but again i'm going to go back to um i've never seen the full season so i I am just repeating back what I saw in this, in this um, clip show of the season. And I'm going to show you where I saw it. So Jen and I haven't really filled through it, but I'm going to show you where I saw it. And then you can fill in, Jen, where if I'm missing something. But my read on Ben was that he really likes you when you're fun and lighthearted and have really, you're kind of vapid, but you're, which all, but also because, of the vapidness you're very secure like you don't have any any issues I actually went out on a date with a guy once and, he, and I was like what are you looking for and he's like someone tall not Jewish who has no issues I met him on JD Jewish I'm five <laughs> foot two not tall and I'm like everybody has issues he's like well I was like it was like it was like there are so many more graceful ways to let me know that you're just not wanting to move forward here like you didn't have to be an asshole about it um right right but i feel like the second ben comes on and, and they kept saying like he's the guy who thought he couldn't be loved he's the guy who thought he was unlovable so i didn't see the season that he was on when he apparently whined and bitched that he wasn't lovable for the whole time because well that was caitlin's season but i don't think they really showed it in the like recap yeah they didn't show it, but but chris kept saying it like next week we're gonna have you on the guy who thought he was lovable blah 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 um so I get it that he was coming on with that MO. The second a woman showed that she might think that she's unlovable, it looked like he gave her the, he, he just like shut off. He said, thank you. He said, no, no, he said all the right things. Like, of course I'm still gonna love you. He let a woman introduce him to her children, which when we get there, don't even get me started. But the second they had any form of baggage, where it was led into like an insecurity he 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 asked them he got them off i think that's a sign of his insecurity Mm -hmm. because he can't be with someone else that's insecure he needs someone who's secure who's fun who's lighthearted because it's gonna lift him up oh yeah a hundred percent a hundred percent he, so, and I think also at the end, which will, I will tell you my, my reason, my theory on why he picked Lauren over Jojo. And it's not just because she right. had death to her, but I have a, I have a theory. But so, I, 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 I guess I can't be mad at Ben for that. Um, you know, I think he, like he, we should coach him. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm not, it's, I'm not so much mad but I feel like it's also part of what I, what was explained about, gave me some, I don't know, what I, I saw with like Olivia, what I saw, what I saw with Lace a little bit. I think we should screen these people more because I don't know if that's the right person to be starting a relationship. Like Ben, you mean? Yeah, like, like 
Ben, ben should follow Lace's advice. I got to love myself before I can love someone yes, else. Yes, 100%. And they, meanwhile, they took the guy with the sound bite that he's unlovable, and that's who they gave the show to. Yeah. And well, you can't. Because he's attractive. So they wanted us to, to look at him and hear, I think I'm unlovable and be like, but you're so hot. And then, but, but there's also like a, a sad little abandoned puppy aspect to that. And, and that is a turn on for some people. They want to rest person. Yes. But from what I saw, I don't buy it. Okay. You think it's, I think someone who has issues. Is more believe. I mean, his his hometown like threw a parade for him. Right. I maybe 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 it's an like a narcissist. Under a narcissist, there's there's insecurity. I'm not I'm not diagnosing him with narcissism. I'm just saying. But he the second and I uh, I want to go through it with them. But the second they, I'm telling you, the second that they showed like a real person in there, they were out was the experience that I had from the recap. It's interesting because there are some people that I think are vapid and stayed longer than they should have. Um, but I don't know how much- Much longer, but like maybe he didn't realize. I think that he, he had initial attraction towards people but then when he got close to somebody, if they showed some sort of insecurity, it was almost like them, him, the way his brain heard it was like, oh, there is something wrong with you. So I probably shouldn't keep you around by. Yeah. That's how I saw it. But let's dive in so we can. Which, which like, frankly, he's probably not equipped to deal with it. So maybe it was a, maybe it was a good thing. Yeah, I don't, I think in the long, long run, it's fine. It worked itself out. Yeah. However, it was something I almost, I saw it in his face. Okay. Like I saw it in like, and I think the women got it too. And I think Olivia got it in his face too. When she did the, when dance. she started to go, when she started to like, like have a lot of emotions. I don't want to say go crazy. Cause it's not what happened there. She had emotions, but he did. He flipped a switch. Um, um, so I have just, I wanted to go through a few of the women. Okay. Um, I don't have a lot on Lace, but um, they showed her doing some things that seemed like she was kind of, I guess the villain, which I'm learning like of the show for a second. She wasn't there for very long, but she was like spying on conversations. This is where he loses, where she loses him. She keeps apologizing for acting crazy. So it's like she, she was doing okay with him and then she starts apologizing for, for acting. She starts apologizing. And I feel like that's all that he needs. Like he looks actually scared of her at some points in their conversations. Like he's just kind of like, I don't know how to handle you kind of thing. Um, yeah, in some respect, I don't blame him for looking a little scared. Um, just based on some of the, the like, um what what's that called like little like pull quotes that we get from this recap like the sound bites yeah thank you sound bites um she gets mad at him because he doesn't make enough eye contact with her during a rose ceremony 
So I think it probably made him feel like, oh my God, like now I have to make sure I stare you down. Right. You know, that, that almost like she's putting these expectations on him when he's trying to manage the, the situation and re- remember everything. Um, and yeah, then, and I think that's an, ex- she's, Lisa's an extreme case here that I don't necessarily yeah. think given with anybody else that they wouldn't have had the same response to her. Yeah. Um, uh, well, she didn't hold any of her thoughts in. There was yeah, no and it seems like she's hating other women for, for like being on the show. Like if he talks to another woman, she's, her sound bites were like, I hate that woman. Right, um, he keeps interrupting and pulling him out of conversations. Um, so, so absolutely we see that. And I get it um, in terms of like, okay, this is not the show for you. It would not be the show for me either. Like you're literally put on there, again, pitted against all these other women. Like it's a very, right. people who can handle it with like an even keel, I think are weird i don't know i feel like she's the normal one i don't know but i i I agree watching back i was like i would i would feel this like i don't know if i would show i would more be the one that was like i'm not going to talk to you and i would just i would never have a conversation with him i'm not going to fight for you yes pull me off goodbye you would never get a soundbite for me like i just would i would just be like i'm not doing this i just would be so overwhelmed i know it would just be like And, and like you know, then you've got like the, the drinks flowing and, and like, frankly, I'm the type, if you put me in a house with 24 other women, like I'm going to find some cool girls and we're going to hang out and we're going to have like inside jokes and we're going to have a really good time. So, so like when, when they're doing these parties and like he's showing up and all the women are like vying for his time, I'd be like, does anyone want to go like hang out? Like, yeah, we would be like Clint and JJ from last week. <laughs> we'd be like, did your elbow, what's going on? Ooh, like jumping in the pool. They'd be like, Amy and Jen are like, just not participating in this. Um, yeah. I'd be sure like, I don't care about this guy, but like, I'll stick around so I can hang out with Jen longer. Like, that totally <laughs> um, So Chris deci- describes Lace as bold. Yeah. Now that and- is her word, because she says... I have a very bold personality. Right, but she says that on the show, right? That's a yeah. soundbite from the show. Right. And so now she, this is in a post-interview, right? When she mm-hmm. has evolved and taken some time for herself and she seems more, much more level-headed out of that situation. Now, we only got her for a couple minutes, but much more. She said, I have to love myself before I can love anybody else, which I love yeah. and is so freaking true, whether or not you do it or you don't, it's like you have to. Um, if you want to get the best, biggest return for sure. Hi guys, it's Amy. It's time for a sponsor break. We'll be back very, very shortly. See you then. And he call he calls her bold and it's in this kind of like, well, can see you're, you're so bold. And I was kind of like, annoyed by that because bold is is not a bad thing to be. Yeah. And, and the way that it was presented was like, the issue wasn't that she was bold. The ins- issue was that she was extremely insecure in that setting. 
And she was trying desperately to feel in control of what was happening. And it was driving her crazy. That's what was happening. Yeah, but Chris, Chris has to remove any responsibility that the show has. Of course. So he puts it all on Lace because she's so bold. Right. But That's really, not, uh, right. Like, We're, yeah, the, 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 and there's that like, fault that, is the shows. Right. Yeah, it's the situation she was put in. Yeah. Um, okay, so do you have anything else on Lace? Um, no, just, just that, like, I think the, the choice that she made, we, we very much, I, and I can say this collectively, like, we felt like 100%. And if you're ever in the position where you're like, I'm not feeling like myself in this dating situation, take a step back. Cause right. there is something that you need to like, look at or evaluate or check in with yourself. And I really, I really thought she was such a good model for the right next step when you're feeling this way. Yeah. I don't know if I thought if she had done it at all, it felt a little bit like she wanted him to to ask her to not leave. Okay. And I also commend him for not doing that. Because I think there are guys who would be like, no, stay. Well, and she was on Bachelor in Paradise. So like she didn't stay away for too long. Right. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm proud that she made the decision she made in the moment. I hope her intentions were, were true. I'll say that. I think they were partially. Yeah. Partially. Um, but we can put ourselves in a situation and then say, wait, I want to go back on. Cause I think I'll do better the second, you know, whatever. But then you, then you're trying to redeem your character again, like, cause we all now have seen her presented in such a way that we're judging her. Like I can get the pull of like, I'm going to go back on so I can show another side to myself or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I know you wanted to mention the twins. Yeah. And I just not much. I just feel like the twins are a a great example of how the show tries to fetishize certain types of women or just certain ideas so you know the the twins are i think tall skinny blonde um they speak in unison white they speak in unison every single time we see them on this yeah they're they're the double mint twins yes now they did not always speak in unison on the actual show um but you never got a lot of depth from them um and Ben kept one of them considerably, I'm saying considerably longer, like a couple weeks longer than the other. So for me, that was an example of him keeping someone where I was like, I don't see any depth here. Right. Um, and, and, you know, so there were certain things. Um, but, but I feel like the edit here is like women have no personality. And right. that, you can switch them with another woman who looks like them, and, and it's like the same thing. It's it's a vapid presentation of women. Yeah. And, so, but I they, just, but so I feel like the, the where I also take yes, the show did it, but they did that, or their producers told them to do it. So you know, there's this whole like the chicken or the egg. Like who's who's really presenting what we're seeing is it the contestants or is it the people behind the show that are getting paid money to do this 
I felt like they were used, they used, that was part of their shtick too. Cause they were, didn't they say like, we do everything together. We live together. We blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like they did everything together. Do you hear my voice yeah. changing when I, I don't even know if they spoke like this, but like <laughs> when I think of what they spoke like, they look like they spoke like this. And I'm sorry if you didn't speak like this. But this is there were story. a couple people on this show that spoke like that. So yeah. I certainly wouldn't, I wouldn't fault you for, for doing the, the impression. Yeah. So I feel like maybe they got on the show because they were twins and, and, and pretty, they say, let's see how this would play out, you know, like, let's yeah. see what happens here. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it's definitely playing into a stereotype, like a, it's not doing well for, for women. That no. presentation. No. Um, okay. Then I want to talk about Olivia. Okay. So Olivia's the news anchor. Um, I have at first Olivia is against the other girl. So I think she comes to the, like the forerunner in the beginning, like he likes her. Um, she keeps borrowing Ben. So like she's kind of like sabotaging her relationship with the other women to kind of stay ahead. And I think she actually was ahead at first. And yeah. then she, well, can you, are there any things that I'm missing that you remember from the season of like pre jumping out of the cake, Olivia? Yeah. So, well, there were a couple things that I remember I like heard played back and I was like, oh, um, so like the first sit down that the two of them had, she says, a few weeks ago, I was a news anchor. I walked away from a totally amazing job because I think you're totally worth it. And, you know, I think at first glance, it's like, oh, that, you know, that's so great. She like went on this show and, and she's willing to put her career on the line for love. And, and that's definitely what the show wants you to reward in your heart and mind. But the more I thought about it, like that puts a lot of pressure on him. Like, don't mess this up because I left a really good career for you. And so I could right, see- She was a news anchor and now she's on a TV show. So I don't even really, it, it was a career choice too. She, yeah, absolutely. But I think it was almost the- Olivia had a way of coming off as kind of um, forceful to the other women on the show. And watching it the first time, I was like, she needs to, to like hang back a little. She okay. needs to like understand when it's her time and when she needs to hang back. And, yeah, I, and I saw that with her like borrowing. Yeah. And I think she, and she said like, she was very, very confident in their relationship in the very beginning. Mm -hmm. um, and the way that she spoke about it, she was just like, she came in with like guns a blazing. Yeah. And sometimes I'm, I'm get, I'm getting a sense of like gloating from her. Yeah. Um, she's just like, I've got this. Yeah. This and, is mine. And I can understand why some of the other women got frustrated because she would say things like, let's just end the show now. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, things where it's like, okay, well I'm here too. Right. And, you know, so I get that. Um, I did not love her. Um, the, I, I could, re I, I remember my feelings about her soured. Like, I think I liked her at first, similar to Ben. And then it was like the more and more you saw of her kind of playing this, playing this. So playing this role of like taunting the other women with how much time and attention she was getting. Yeah. And the more I saw that, the more 
I, I felt my feelings about her sour. I get that. I don't, yeah, I definitely, when they were showing the clips from her before we got to see her storyline, because they kept showing clips of her. They're like, and then we're going to meet the infamous Olivia, you know, and then we're going to meet, um, like Chris kept kind of implying that Olivia was this crazy person before we actually met her. And they kept giving us the sound bites of like, the things that she was saying, where she was just like, it's like fireworks with us. I don't remember what she said exactly. It was something like that. Um, I already had these preconceived notions of like who she was. And then that's why when they first showed her and she was like, I'm a news anchor. And I was like, is that the same person? It like took me a while. So yes, I think that she was, I think admittingly now that she reflected back on it was not necessarily presenting herself in the best light prior. Um, but when I look at it in terms of like, when I started, because all I, I didn't get to see her patterns. I got to see Ben's patterns when he started to like let go of people. So okay. it seemed like they did have a really strong connection. I think they had some clips of him saying really nice things about how he was very attracted to Olivia and how their relationship was starting off. And then she comes out of this cake and she like, he, I don't even think it's the cake thing that maybe screwed it up, but she, her perception of the cake thing. So she said, I came out of this cake and then like felt a pity hug from Ben. And then she starts to spiral. So like she perceives the hug as a pity hug. So now she's now put herself in this, like, I'm not, I'm not confident anymore. I'm not worthy. I have issues. I have insecurities. Right. And she apologizes to him and he says, you don't have to, he tells her she doesn't have to apologize, but I feel like he wrote her off already despite whatever they had before then. Um, and then she tells him he's in love with him. She's in love with him, which I feel like was like a desperate try to like keep, get things to yeah, go back. These are two different things. So like the burlesque dancing out of a cake night is different than when she tells him she loves him. Why did she, so why, well, she does. So tell me what happened then when she says she loves him. So I think it was, I think she was on a two-on-one date. Okay. Um, two-on-one? Yeah. So I, and, and I'm, and I'm, this is like conjecture. I can't remember exactly. What is a two-on-one? They have those on the show? So they, they have a date where it's Ben and two women and he can only come back with one of the women. Oh my God, that is awful. Yeah. Um, well, Clint and JJ, I think, had a two-on-one. No, that's not true. Clint, JJ had a two-on-one date with someone. So they do this thing, and it's often the, like, two people that have been, like, beefing it out okay. over the course of the, the season um, to put, like, a final end to it. Um, and so I, I don't, I just, in my memory, it was a two-on-one, but it could have been a one-on-one. -on -one and he just said to her on the date, because on a one-on-one -on -one date, you're either getting a rose and you're safe for the, for the week, or you're being let go on the date. Right. So it's either a one-on-one -on -one date or a two-on-one -on -one date. But, um, but yeah, he, she, I think this, this must have been the next date after the burlesque dancing situation because that was a group date um and and you know which means she's had time to kind of get over the whole dancing thing and you're right it could have been like a, i feel like him i feel like he's slipping away 
So she said it, um, or, or, and I don't remember, or they could have like had this really great date and she felt totally blindsided when he was like, I can't reciprocate. Um, right. And he doesn't, he says, I have to be honest about my feelings. And I was like, Ooh, that doesn't sound good. And then he says goodbye to her. I wrote, ouch. Um, and then we fast forward to her nap. And the first thing I wrote was, she sounds good. Yeah. Um, she says that she felt confident, but when she saw him making connections with other girls, she got desperate and self-destructed. Um, this is what happens when there's only one option is what I wrote next to it. Yeah. So again, Chris's response to her is like this pitying response. Like, Ooh, yeah. Sorry. You self-destructed. Like well, I, at first he says he's shocked and I was, I, I wrote self-destructed that that she struggled after the show and i yeah, wrote Chris seems surprised i wrote yeah i wrote give me a fucking break you were complicit in all of this right he so she said something um she said what the other women said about her physical appearance really hurt what were they saying about her physical appearance she said something about her mouth i don't remember i mean okay, she said she needs her podcast mouthing off because it's something to do with critique that they i guess they had of her mouth yeah maybe is does she have a big mouth she's so pretty like i, I didn't i didn't pay i wasn't like whoa with the big mouth <laughs> which and i, I think this speaks to we notice our own flaws so much more i don't than, think and i don't think they were pointing out her mouth necessarily is like her attitude was off so they were kind of maybe, looking okay. for things that were wrong you know when someone's kind then you look for things that are going to build them up. When someone's not nice, you're looking for things to poke at. Right. Um, but she said, she shares really how being on the show impacted her. And I wrote, Chris seems surprised. He is vapid at best and asshole at worst. Yeah. Um, therapy helped her with her podcast mouthing off. She now reaches out to other villains, quote unquote, on the show. Um, on different I shows. Love. I love that too. Love so that. we can get like yeah. their real story. I absolutely love that. Um, so yeah, Chris's response to her, like I said before, was, was blood boiling. Yeah. I, and I, it was other stuff towards the end of this conversation that like, I was, I was angry at Chris at the beginning. Cause he's like, I'm shocked. And I was like, how could you possibly be shocked? And then I got angry with him again at the end of this conversation, but she came out of it so wonderful like yeah she didn't get mad at him she didn't react mm -hmm. emotionally which sucks because i was getting emotional and there's nothing wrong with being emotional but she kind of just stuck in what her truth was how did you feel about what ben had to say when ben came on but i do want to say you could tell that she did not like him yeah she wasn't like oh we're bestie but she kind of just stood her ground yeah it's interesting because I, I know i've worked with people like this that have like drank the Kool-Aid and don't really give a crap about flaws yeah. or what your experiences are. You know, they really just want you to smile and nod and kind of move forward with like whatever destructive machine that they're a part of. Because in order for their life to be, to remain intact, they need the smooth sailors. They need the like, they don't need the naysayers. So like you kind of yeah. get struck down. And I think I've experienced being shut down as a woman like, because I have an opinion or I see that something's wrong, 
now I'm that crazy person, you know, who's pointing shit out. And I've been like put in that corner before. So to see that, not how she was portrayed on the show, but the way that Chris responded to her now, where it was so clear how level-headed she was, you know, how much she had grown within herself and just pointing out that there's a flaw in the setup of this show and his refusal to see it or acknowledge it and his, his faux surprise by it yeah, was infuriating. Well, and then at the end, he said something like, it's good talking to you. I hope we see each other soon. You're always welcome on da 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 And she was like, what? And he, <laughs> he like invited her to join Bachelor in Paradise. And you could tell she was so utterly grossed out by him. Oh my God, I have to rewatch that. Like, it was amazingly, like, good for her. I yeah. don't know. And I love, I love what she did. And it's just, it's blood boiling in the sense that like, I guess we just have to take the win that like we saw it and we got it and we understood that it was there, but it's infuriating to know that there, and I'm not saying all men, but that there are men who are watching it who don't get it. Like, yeah. I really, I mean, that's, oh, so that was my question with you. Like Ben feels like that too to me. Everything's glossy. Everything's a cliche. Get the best that you can out of it. Everything's like a, oops, sorry. I didn't mean to hurt anybody. I wish everyone was happy. Blah, 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 blah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you didn't get picked by me and that made you sad. Boo-hoo. So sorry for you that you weren't the one who was chosen by me. I'm sure that your whole life was in shambles. because, Like, that's how he came across to me. Like, it was very icky. When he came on to apologize, he said, I'm sorry she had a bad experience or something like that. Like, he didn't... Well, he said, the, the way I navigated it could have been better. So he did take some responsibility. Um, and he said you know, in regards to people who come on the show, he was like, we lay our hearts out there. And to have people say things about Olivia isn't fair. Um, and then there is a direct quote where he says, I take responsibility. Okay. For like how she I don't think it's completely his fault. Again, if they're walked into a structure, mm -hmm. you know. She says it's not your fault, Ben. Um, does she say but, it over and over again while he's crying on his shoulder? <laughs> I thought of it. <laughs> not your fault. Um, so I think, I you know, I think he did the right thing by coming on and, and apologizing. And it definitely gave him, he maintained his status as like the nice guy. Yeah, I, just, um, I don't know. Yeah, but you're right. I don't really know his motives. And I don't and again, like, I, I think he was working with what he had to work with again, in terms of like, this is what the show was, right? So- And I'm sure he was coached. Right. I think they all, because they're so level-headed around the people who are being portrayed as villains or the women who are getting more emotional. Like they're so like, it's like, there's no way that they're actually going through the emotion with them. They are, they've already decided what they're going to do. It feels like, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, so then there's Amanda who's the mm -hmm. esthetician and the single mom. Um, and they got the hot air balloon ride and the carnival in Warsaw, Indiana's hometown when they threw that big like carnival for him or whatever. I don't know if the carnival was for him, but like everybody there seemed to be there for him. Um, she didn't let Ben know that she had kids in the beginning. Um, yeah, which is 
Which is a, a staple on the show that whoever the mom is, they don't let him know right away. Okay, so then he says when she tells him, really, that's incredible, tell me about them. And he says, kids don't scare me. They make barrettes for them together. I wrote, is that weird? I doubt that was Ben's idea. Like, Yeah, it was absolutely the producers. They sat down and they're like, here are three activities that you could do to show her that you yeah. don't mind that she has children, right? So um, I want to say, whoever suggested it or whatever, don't say that they don't scare you if they do. Don't say it's incredible if it's not. What you Don't make barrettes with her if you you know that that's a, that's a deal breaker for you. Like, I feel like he just like, I don't know that he did know. I, like, I, um, and I mean, I'm not trying to judge and I don't, I didn't see the whole season. Okay, so well, I'm just reacting to this. I don't know if he knew, right, I don't know. With her after he met the kids. Yeah. So, you know, but I'm saying like, maybe he didn't know it was a deal breaker until he met them. And that doesn't necessarily excuse the whole way it went down, but you know, maybe he thought he was being genuine when he said it's not a deal breaker for me. Um, but I think it is so messed up that she is dating him knowing he's dating all these other people and that she brought her kids on that show. You think it's messed up from her perspective or from his? Like who who messed up? I think that it's messed oh, up all around. Okay. I don't think if I knew that if she's like I never introduced anybody to my kids. Um, you know he's still dating. Like I don't know what was it seven other women, five other women at that point. Now you're using right. your kids as yeah. the leverage of like listen, I love you enough that I'm introducing you to them. Take me to the fucking end. I thought that was horrible. Well, and if she never introduces anyone to her kids, she just introduced the millions of viewers. Yeah, but they didn't, I, but introducing but, someone to your kids is different. It's who they, like, and they, they, okay, so I just want to backtrack. So she's a three-year-old and a two-year-old. Listen, kids are resilient. They'll get, back, come back from it or whatever. They walked onto that beach and they said, where's Ben? So they knew while they were there. Yeah. They knew they were meeting Ben. I don't know what she told them, but it's Mm -hmm. very, I I just, I guess what I want to say, because I don't want to sound completely, completely judgmental. I would like to know the backstory that led to this meeting. And I would like to know what was behind it. And if the producers were pushing, then shame on them. And if Ben knew that he was not going to move forward with it with any inkling of his of his being but like wanted to show that he was like good with kids on tv i don't know shame on him and if she used them so she could get farther in the show same shame on her that's all i have to say it's like you don't yeah. use children as a pawn in a game to come up as a good person to get more viewers or to lock a guy down you don't use children like that and it felt very much like that that was what happened. It really, I just have a sensitivity towards like, you don't, you bring a guy into your family and introduce them to your kids when like, you're at a stage that you feel like this might actually 
happen. And if he's dating seven other people, you're not at that stage yet. Right. Well, the, the, I, I agree. Um, Wasn't it on that date that he left her on the beach? Oh, no. There was no. a different date, well, but on the beach again. That was the fireworks. It's that week. Um, I think he, he, it's at a rose ceremony. Okay. That he says goodbye. He, no, he abandoned right. her. Like, she, he like went off, it looked like he left on a boat. That was, that was Olivia. Oh, it was. Okay. And that's not him being like, peace, that like the show just does that. They right, always, okay. like, anytime there's a I'm confusing because she was on the beach with him. <laughs> and then Olivia got left on the beach and I'm picture, putting yeah. them both together. Um, Sorry. And like, because they're the same person because they're all skinny, white, and blonde. So like, and they, I'm only watching them for like three hours at once. Like, I'm going to get confused in terms and of- And they all, do, both of them do TV voice. Yes. Um, so the, the interesting thing about Amanda, um, which really has nothing to do with Ben, but so after this, she went on Bachelor in Paradise twice. Um, the first time she ended up engaged. Okay. To someone, um, that do you remember when we talked about a previous season that Nick was on and I said, the other guy turned out to be like a jerk and was abusive I don't remember. Nick was the runner-up. I don't remember. So she ended up with that guy. Oh, the great. Jerk, abusive jerk guy. Um, they, they were engaged on Bachelor in Paradise. He moved in with her. Obviously, it didn't go well. She was warned ahead of time that he's abusive. Um, but continued the relationship. By the woman who was the Bachelorette and had picked him. But the show kept bringing him on. Yes. Um, Good job. Yeah, it was a huge deal when he showed up on Bachelor in Paradise for that reason. Because everyone knew he was had this tendency. Um, except Amanda, apparently. Um, and then when she was informed, she was like, but I'm in love. And then the following year went on Bachelor in Paradise again and ended up with another guy that just like, you know, as the viewer, you're like cringing because he's like the worst guy to choose. Mm. <laughs> so she's stuck in like these patterns of yeah. who she's picking. Well, and I wrote down for her cause she had this quote, I had a picture in my head and this was like her exit interview when she's in the car after she is rejected. And I wrote like, that's part of the problem that she seems to be dating with this pattern of like I have a vision in my mind of wanting a father for my girls but not really vetting the man on whether that one that's what he wants in Ben's case if he's a right fit for that right if he's a, a good role model and which is interesting because it was the first thing she said as pictured on this show she's like I'm I really think Ben will be a good role model for my girls. That was the first thing she said. And she has this track record of, of choosing men that either, you know, are not in love with her, if that was Ben's thing, or are not wanting to be um, stepfathers to right. her girls. Or choosing men that, like, are just not a good fit for the lifestyle that she has. And if they're abusive, they're not a good fit for anyone. Right. Yeah, she said 
it's not easy to find a guy who is open to something like that. Meaning like taking care of her being a dad, I guess. And she was yeah. saying it like in a way, this is when they were driving away in a way like, like, man, I can't believe he, he ended it with me. You know, he was, he would have been so good with my girls. It's not easy to find someone. And I, and I was like, well, I think him eliminating you shows that he's not actually open to it. Yeah. Like whatever. So I, I just feel like keep your kids at home. There is no reason to be exposing them to your Michigas and like, to, I sound like an old Jewish lady, to your crap. Like you just, you know, and it, listen, easier said than done, I get it. And I, I don't want to make blanket statements and I, and I hope I'm not, I don't feel like my, my goal is not to shame people. It's just that, you know, there's certain things that I don't expose my kids to that are in, in my life when I'm trying to figure certain things out or whatever. And, and yes, can it, can it happen that you're in a relationship and you think it's going well and you introduce them to your kids and then it doesn't work out? A hundred percent. And do I think that they're actually resilient and those kids are fine? A hundred percent. Kids are extremely resilient. But when you're on The Bachelor and you know for sure that he has not chosen you yet, you don't need to introduce them to your kids. Mm -hmm. You're on a TV show and you're not the last one standing. Like, don't introduce them to your kids yet. I don't know. Yeah. Well, there's just a lot that comes up with her. It's like that. When's the right time to introduce someone, how to vet someone for a relationship, but also a role that you're already assuming for that person, given your life situation and not writing the future of your story just because it would be a nice story to write. Right. Yeah. <sighs> okay, so now we have, I have Kayla, Lauren, and Jojo left. Um, okay. So Kayla, like, eh, there wasn't that much there, I felt like. Yeah. What I wanted to really focus on was, um, was when, like, A, the forced, um, I love you. And I do feel like this stands up with the, with the when like he's all into her and she hasn't said she loves him yet. And when she says that the reason that she hasn't said she loves him yet is because she feels like she, she's afraid that she'll get her heart broken, that somebody, people in the past have not loved her back, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, he gives this space like, 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 it's okay for her to say that, right? He kind of convinced, like, he tries to make her say something, and she says that. And then when she says that, then she has the conversation with her mother, and she's, like, going to go and tell, she goes, her mom's, like, say, you love him, you love him. And that's when I was, like, this feels really forced. Like, is it because there's, like, a timeline on this, and she better say it, or else he's going to kick her off because she didn't say it? And what if, what if he would have kept her if she said it? Like, I feel like all this stuff, and that's why I asked the question about whether or not everyone feels like they need to say they love that person. Mm -hmm. um, and she like trips over herself, but she does say that she's in love with him and then he dumps her. Yeah. Well, the thing with, with Ben is, so I wrote like Ben's greatest fear is that he's unlovable. Her greatest fear, she says, is that I can't totally fall in love with someone. So these two were screwed from the start. Like, <laughs> right. 
But the can't fall in love with somebody is because you're her fear of being vulnerable in front of them. Yeah. So then the second she is vulnerable, he gets rid of her. It's not, I don't think he's identifying his fear correctly. Okay. Like, I feel like he, we, we put, it's like the butterfly, it's like a, a Gigi oh. here, like where you kind of like say words that sound good, but then you, or like pretty in pink when like they could, I, I know there were parts in pretty in pink where we were like, what did he just say? Like, well, and I do think that that really captures them. Like, I don't think he's all soundbite. Yeah. And, and, and part of me wonders if it's his upbringing. Um, Ben is, is a good Christian Midwestern boy. Hi guys, it's Amy. It's time for a sponsor break. We'll be back very, very shortly. See you then. You know, like he's, he's like your youth group guy and you know, his cons, I mean, he's 26, I think, when this show. He's a baby also. Yeah, he's young. Um, but his concept of love is very abstract. Um, if he's, if he's a, a, a religious person. And, and I, like, I identify very much with his thought process. Because I think this is where I was at in, in my early 20s. It's like, I love this person, but I'm not, I don't know that I totally understood what that meant. Well, you get that from her too. She goes, she says, I know I am in love with him. And that is because I just feel it when he looks into my eyes and I insert eye roll here. (laughs) I I got a lot of inauthenticity from her and not, not like she's playing a part, but just like, she hasn't figured that part out yet. She's blocked. And this is one of the patterns that we fall into. It was a pattern, the pattern that I fell into when you get hurt, it's figuring out how to stay safe and be vulnerable at the same time. Like, how do you do that? So you can't find love unless you're vulnerable, but you don't want to get hurt again. So you kind of have to figure out and, she does in the sense that she 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 does she opens herself up to some extent to him um i feel like um she said something like i i have just never felt like somebody has totally understood me my fear is that i can't totally and completely fall in love with somebody and i said well if your guard is up then that is potentially the case you can't fall in love with somebody if your guard is up Mm -hmm. um but I feel like once she really puts herself out there, he gets rid of her. Mm. Um, and that's what I mean. Like it's like once they're not, I'm, I'm not saying it right. It's like once they're not perfect or, or empty, you know, or they really kind of put his, the control in his hand. It's not immediate, right? So like he doesn't like see a man has kids and say, you're out of here. But he right. like, he waits around long enough so you can't be like, you kicked me off because of this. And he's like, oh, I did. But he waits, right? Unless right. they remove themselves. So when we get Lace removing herself and we, did Olivia remove herself? No, she No, didn't. he breaks up with her. 
Okay. So that one's not. But she kind of spirals before that actually happens. Yeah, but right? you're, but I, I understand the pattern you're seeing. It's like a woman gets real and raw and he can't handle it. Right, because the truth is that he wants somebody who's perfect. Because then we get to Lauren and Jojo, right? So you have Lauren um, and she just, she's white, blonde, skinny again. Um, yeah. He says, I look at her with googly eyes. I have a lot of what he thinks about her. Um, mm -hmm. And she doesn't say like, there's no, there's no depth to her. She doesn't say like, I'm not telling you that I love you because I'm scared or whatever. She just, she doesn't say any of that. There's no verbal communication. She just says, I love you. Um, the most I got from her was a read, like when he was really kind of torn between Jojo and, and Lauren, she does like read in his face that something's going on, but she doesn't push him to say what it is that's happening. She just kind of lets it happen. Um, so there's no point that I saw, and maybe something happens in the, in the full season, where she really exposed the fact that she's human. And as humans, we grapple with whether or not we're lovable. Like that's just what humans do. Yeah, no, I never got that. And to be honest, I remember feeling let down by this season because I never really connected with her. But I think that's what he wanted. It was empty. Yeah, there maybe. Was no I just was like, meh, she's meh to me. Like, she's vanilla. Right. I, there was nothing, like... I watch this and sometimes I'm like, oh my God, I would love to go get like a glass of wine with that girl. Like, she's so interesting. She's so funny. She's so whatever. Or like, that girl's the greatest catch on this show. Like, felt none of that for Lauren B. Yeah. And I think we just, I don't know, there might be more depth to her. I just, it wasn't shown. I don't think it was there. It was just, she kind of stuck with like, I like you and I'm cute and I'm fun and whatever. Um... Jojo, again, in the beginning, he says instant chemistry um, and a connection. And she's outgoing and funny. Um, he says, I feel confident about Jojo. So she holds back, I think, in a similar way that Kayla kind of does, where she's like, it takes me a while to like say, to say that I love, you know, to, um, to like give myself completely. Um, I wrote, I feel like she seems stronger than Lauren, question mark. Even though she admits that she had a hard time opening up, she does it in a matter of fact way. It's not like, what are, what are you going to think about me? She's like, I just take, like, I, it takes me a while to, like, open up to people. That's just how okay. I am. It's like, and, you know. Yeah, she says, like, that the thing she's struggling with is, like, she knows she's going to say, if she's going to say it, he can't say anything back. So she's right. like, I'm supposed to completely put myself out there and then like, just be, be okay with that, which is this really strange situation I'm in. Which makes um, sense. Yeah, absolutely. Which I, is I, again, that whole, like the formula is that you have to say it, which feels yeah. weird. Cause if you're not, yeah. Well, and uh, then her reaction when he responds to her. is totally genuine. Yes. And like, shocked. Like, almost like you just broke the rules like right she was like wait what what did you say like and I thought okay that was a real awesome reaction yeah um 
I, I wrote, and you know, fast forwarding a little, like they have that scene, like you said earlier, where they're in the bathroom together on their fantasy. Right, so I have a theory about, again, why he ends okay. up with Lauren because of this. But he's so much more honest with her. Like yes. that, that bathroom scene conversation, that to me, that like is, is the blossoming of love. Yes. When you can and this is why I'm saying in the bathroom yeah. and be like, I'm so freaking scared. And right. like and she not only that, but she facilitated that communication. Yes. Because Lauren saw that there was something wrong and she just let it go. And Jojo said, Tell me what is going on. Like she made she said, How are you? And then she actually said to him, Are you in love with her too? Like she actually created the situation right so i here's my theory okay she said she says i'm so tired of competing i just want to go through like what my notes were um he tells her that he doesn't know because she pulls it out of him because she actually says at first that he doesn't know what to do like are you struggling between the two of us so first he tells her he loves her which is like she doesn't even expect him to say at first, and he says it anyway, which is just like, oh my God, please don't do that. Don't do that. Um, and then she said, I'm so tired of competing. And I wrote, um, then why are you on the show? So that's my little side bitchiness. But anyway, <laughs> I wrote in bold letters, I said, if I'm right, he will dump Jojo because she showed vulnerability. Because then she admitted like, I need to know, I feel like I'm going crazy. If I don't know, there was a lot of stuff that happened that night. And I'll tell you the second reason he chose Lauren because he already told Jojo that he didn't know. If he had to tell Lauren on the day that he was supposed to propose to her, that he actually was in love with her and Jojo and said, I love you to both of them, she would have had the shock of it. And he just couldn't freaking handle doing that. It already was, he, Jojo did it for him. Jojo so called him out on it. It was self-preservation. It was easier. Yeah. Lauren was going to find out eventually, but he, it was like, I don't have to do this to her right now and have to deal with her response. Because what they, the way the show, and again, I'm not blaming Ben, I'm blaming the show. It's like, oh, oh, he has a weak will and therefore is not great for this show. I, I wouldn't do it either. But the same thing happened with Sean. When Sean was on, he was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He starts crying. He's not, he's crying because he did something shitty. Because the yeah. show set the, you don't, you don't, when you, when you got engaged, did you think that he might ask somebody else on the same day as asking you? No, that's not how you get engaged. You've already <laughs> gone through like some test of time that your relation, you're both committed, that your relationship is like, it's just, there's just something that goes, you're not, you don't, this is when they should be saying maybe, maybe. And not even, I mean, not even for this show, but some seasons, it might be the time when you're like, I want to move forward exclusively and try it with you. But you don't get engaged then. Then you try it with just one person. Right. And there have been a couple seasons where that happened. But it, it was like, been this season. If you're, oh, up, if you're waking up in the morning and you're like, I'm telling you the truth, I'm in love with two women, then you're not ready to, to get engaged to one of them. Yeah. And if you can't be the... Um, like no, I don't want to say can't be a man. If you can't be strong enough to like to say that, then you're now committing yourself to some bullshit situation. Like you're getting engaged too. Yeah. I get that you're like making a girl happy for five seconds, but like you're getting engaged too, and you're not sure. 
Well, she's going to be more unhappy down the road. Yeah. Well, there are so many, I don't want to say just guys, but there are guys who will yes you to death to keep you quiet and just keep putting off like the explosive, the explosion button. Like they just keep like, and then you wonder why women act quote unquote crazy. You mm -hmm. know, there are a lot of guys who like avoid that confrontation at all costs, even if they're feeding you lies because of it. Um, not all, but there are. And Ben appears to be one of them to me. I think he proposed to her because he had already admitted where he was coming from with Jojo. So, so what do you, we're, we still have to talk about Kaylin and Dean, but like, we're sort of talking about Ben's MO right now. What did you think of his now relationship? Because that was fascinating. His relationship? Yeah, he's engaged right now. To well, the we didn't see her. Oh, and it was very yeah, quick. We did. we did. Yeah, it was super quick. Oh, yeah, okay. Yes, now I remember. See how quickly I'm just like, okay, I'm done. Let me move <laughs> on with my actual life. Um, Do you need to remind you? No, I remember how? they were long distance. It was very yeah. like the show. They had to decide really fast. But do you remember how they met? No. He saw a Oh, he DM'd her. He slid into her DMs, right? No, this is... A, I, I'm still, like, mystified by this. Okay, tell he me. Saw a picture of her on Instagram at a hockey game with her dad. He took a picture of it. This is him describing this. He took a picture of the picture on Instagram. And six months later, DM'd her. It's <laughs> so creepy. <laughs> what? But he can do, like, listen, here's the deal. Because now he's Ben Higgins, right? And we apparently know him. So, like, oh, well, my God, Ben Higgins picture. took my picture. And then, like, right? So it's fine. But if a normal, everyday person did that, you would be calling the authorities and yeah. having his ass, like, there would be 500 feet or more between the two of you, for sure. Yes. Yes. I, I mean, this is like when we talked about how women need to be more empowered in their dating because you don't want to be passive. Because if you're passive and you're the girl that someone took a picture of and kept it for six months in their phone, let's <laughs> It's so, this is so you vibes. Yes. 100% is. Yes. Uh, and then like decided, oh. What we'll find out later is like, well, actually I had a baseball cap and I've been following you for the entire six months before I got up the nerve. Like. Oh God, it's crazy. It is crazy. I mean, a picture in a man's phone for six months. I, like, I just, I'm from a good. Right, but the question wasn't like, hey, I'm, like, home, so I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to say what we all are thinking what he's doing with the picture with yeah. our dad there too with our dad <laughs> i love it i totally well and then chris didn't even notice it either chris was like you only got up the nerve to do that because he's the one who used the term split slint or dm because you were on the chef right like, yeah. you could have done that You I was so breathe. passionate. You were having this huge passionate response to like what Chris was thinking. So jump right in and tell us. I don't remember where I left off, but like it just it just goes back to prove how narcissistic Chris is because he just wants to take the credit for because he can't take the credit for Ben's bachelor relationship. He wants to take the credit 
for the yeah. bachelor teaching Ben how to be a creepster and take a picture on Instagram and keep it for six months and then finally DM someone like that he wants to own that. He's like a little evil mastermind. He's like stirring a witch's brew and he's like- well, he's only choosing, he's Waterford because he's yeah. only choosing to see it, it. He has decided, and this is what's so interesting about the power of perspective and that you, we've talked about this on other podcasts and other trainings, like you make a decision in your mind and then your mind automatically looks for evidence to, to strengthen that decision. Mm -hmm. That's what it does. So if you made the decision in your mind, you know, and perhaps that's what we, we are doing too. We kind of like try to be more diplomatic and look at it from both sides. But like he made the decision that his life's work is the host of this show, which is, I believe from my perspective is probably doing more harm psychologically than good. Okay. For the people who are on it and for the people who are brought up watching it. Um, but he has to come to terms with it. So he makes it into like this like holier than thou mission of bringing people together for like life partnerships. Um, and his brain looks for evidence of that. I mean, you get the same thing with Jeff Probst on, on Survivor. Like he's just like, it's so fascinating what comes out of this and like, He's basically what he's doing is he's taking people onto like these random island islands with like no food and like rats are crawling on them. Like it's really like, really like hard circumstances in a lot of cases, but he has to come to peace with it. So like he does the same thing where he's just like, it's so amazing when people come out. And it's again, again, like they all go through their own PTSD as well, you know, in a different, um, in a different manner of speaking, but like, if you, if we're talking about all the things, all the messages that women and men get just through living normal life about what a relationship is supposed to look like and how you're supposed to act on one and, and what are things about you that you have to pretend to have in order to be lovable and what do you need to look like in order to be lovable. You get all those things and you take all the shitty things involved and then you add that we're supposed to be baby making machines so we have to get married by a certain time so we can make that actually happen. And you take all of that and you shove it all into a TV show and take out all of their possible distractions and you force everybody there, you have The Bachelor. Mm -hmm. That is The Bachelor. It's disgusting. So I just wrote, um, oh, and then JoJo, uh, what I did love though was at the, the dumping of JoJo, like the not per proposal she was like so fucking pissed at him. it was awesome yeah i mean her i i really i mean talk about an empowered woman because she says i feel so blindsided you told me you loved me where did it go wrong right and i where love did not, what did i do wrong where yes, did it go wrong it, and she said not about her it was about it right where did it go wrong and ben says it never did and then she basically rolls her eyes like I'm never gonna get a fucking straight answer out of you so I might as well just yeah. go and then she's like I'm gonna go and he's like can I walk you she's like if you want to like I guess I'm, mm -hmm. I can't stop you kind of thing and then he goes to hug her and he pushes oh my god did you notice this she goes he she hugs he hugs her so she allows it and he takes his head hand he puts it behind her head 
and pushes her head into his chest. Yes. No, I you can see Ken's face right now. That was my face when I watched it the first time. It was, uh, you need to watch it. It was so gross and like, don't fucking touch me at this point. Like, okay, cameras yeah. are rolling. And she lets it happen, which I thought was way more gracious than I would have been. Um, I said I would have punched him if he did that to me. He pushed her into him. And then I wrote in caps, if you're still in love with another woman, don't, pro don't propose, you idiot. <laughs> yeah, um, he did. Jeez. And Joe just says, I just want the kind, when they're driving away, I just want the kind of love that I can count on. That if they say they love me, they mean it. And I wrote, then don't go on a dating competition, you moron. That's well, she did, and she found her person. And that is this week's episode. Awesome. Yeah, so, I'm excited. But we have we have internet breaking news at the end of this episode. Did the internet break? No. Also, everyone kept living their lives after we found out this information. <laughs> it is not that. It acceptable. wasn't even news. It was so stupid. I think this couple is so stupid. Yeah, I don't care. No. The whole Dean, I don't understand it. It's fine. Just Dean in and of himself. I'm I not, I don't find it all that. appealing. I don't get it. I don't get it. I didn't get it during the, the season. I didn't like the mustache ever. No, well, well, Dean's whole thing is like, he wasn't like this three years ago. Oh. And he was more he like was, lived on the grid. Yeah, he was on the grid. He, he like wanted his dad I don't, I don't remember like the whole thing, but his dad was kind of living an unconventional lifestyle off the grid and Dean like was very embarrassed by it. Mm. And when he did the hometown date, he like, it, it was a thing. He like was embarrassed by his dad and he like had a conversation with his dad and his dad was like, you just need to accept who I am. And Dean was like, I can't. And that ended up ending that relationship and then it's like the next time we see dean he's moving closer and closer to the sort of lifestyle that his dad has mm. it and and it like the whole relationship with kaylin like she seems completely brainwashed to me yeah so they i i hated that um for her i guess but yeah. um she yeah the whole conversation was so Chris is like, how is the living out of the van life going? And she's, and she was like, eh, it's good. And then he was like, yeah, like she's totally adapted. Like there are times when she's like, I just want to get up and go. So it's all about how she's adapted to his lifestyle, right? Yes. How, yeah. That was the premise before they got together. It was very much like, this is who I am. And this is, this how we see this a lot in relationships where the men come in and say, this is who I am. How much are you willing to adapt to who I am? But also, like, this is not who Dean was three years ago or four years ago. So, right, but there was no compromise. Like, yeah. I mean, whatever. Like, she decided she chose to do this. It's fine. I don't know, you know, if there's some sort of like influencers as they're as they're traveling around and they're getting paid. That I don't know. Like, it doesn't. Apparently, I don't really care. She, I, apparently, she's in the 2021 Miss Universe pageant. Okay. I read that online. I don't know. Is that, I'm, I'm asking out of ignorance. Is that like a job? Being I don't think pageant? so. I don't think a pageant is, I mean, I get, I don't know. 
I love that I don't know. I love that you don't know either. I don't know. Like I, that's, I'm not, I don't mean that as an insulting question. I'm, I'm not really sure. I don't think maybe you can. They are, maybe they are influencers. I would imagine that there's some, but that's funny to me because if Dean is living off the grid, he's the right. most on the grid, off the grid person. His ever. whole, his brand is off the grid. But then you're not off the grid. No, but it's his brand. And if you were truly off the grid, you wouldn't have a brand. But he doesn't no would know who the hell you were. Involved. Meanwhile, you're on a public television show. Yeah, you know, it's, it's just not, doesn't, right. And they weren't in his van during this, during the interview, they were in an apartment. Yeah. So you like travel around sometimes in your van? Okay. Well, and, and then uh, just the other thing, it was like Dean decided to start wearing a hair tie around his finger to keep the women away and I was like you're living in a van like what what other women <laughs> maybe it's like um what's his name's yacht <laughs> he's like you want to come back to my van what was his name you know it makes me think of Matt Foley the guy who lives in a van down by the river the SNL skit oh, I don't know Matt I don't know that skit oh my god from the 90s Chris Farley. I should know who it is if it's the 90s. Yeah. I have to watch it. You're I, gonna I will look it, it up. But I'm uh -huh. thinking about what's his name from um from oh gosh, you have to handle. Yeah, I don't want to say Borat. It's not Borat. He he dated Nicole for a while, but it's whatever. Over. It's creepy yacht and and yeah yeah yeah. I don't I don't find these people interesting at all. These two people. Oh, just Dean. the two? I was like, some of these people I like. Like, no, I like Dean and Kate. I like Jojo. Yeah, no, no, no. The, I like the Olivia. Cat. I didn't even write down anything about Dean down because I just was not interested. He's like, so he says, he he's, says so he's not into conventions, but he's wearing a ring. Like, then just don't wear, what, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, well, he has to keep the other women away. You know, the, one that, the ones that swarm his van. You know how you keep women away? You say, I'm in a relationship. Goodbye. That's how you keep women away. Oh, and she just like, whatever he says goes. It was so gross. Yeah, no, I wish them well. God, God bless them. What is it? Bless their merry hearts. I don't know that I can wish them well. Like, I feel like I'm damaging them by wishing them well. I guess my real wishing them well would be that I hope that she has, is doing actually what she wants to do. I just yeah. keep seeing more and more like these these couples who are like public eye couples just being like they're, they're it's so interesting that they're called influencers and I feel like they're so being influenced by what everybody else's opinion is of them like they're being influenced they're not influencers yeah it's it's they're puppets yeah I don't know uh, how you keep a relationship sound when you're when you're at the like you're the prey of everybody's like side opinion you know so maybe you go off the grid there you go you just figured it out maybe you go live in a van and then you're good <laughs> but everyone knows dean's van and they've been knocking down the door until he put that hairband around his finger then they like, <laughs> like oh forget it oh, i didn't realize i didn't realize that was going on here listen shoot higher than a guy in a van I probably would have beat myself up. Like a younger me would have been like, shut up. Like, what if he's like a really awesome person? He's not. 
Uh, yeah, I think I think all all evidence points to the contrary. You get to meet a really awesome person who doesn't live in a van. And is and is willing to let you have your own opinions and will do a little bit more than Right, it's a huge commitment. Like you have to really want to like listen, if you want to really live in a van, then okay, meet your suitor who does live in a van. But like if that was not your dream for yourself, then that's a huge compromise. Like I, I thought just, I thought moving from Long Island to New Jersey was a big freaking compromise. Honestly, like huge. Like it was a big part of like, like Michael really had to put his foot down and be like, nope, we're not moving to Long Island, back to Long Island. And I had to be like, I had to think about it for a hot second. Like, was it okay with me? And it yeah. did end up being okay with me. It's a big sacrifice. That's, that's Long Island to New Jersey. <laughs> that's like five minutes well, away. <laughs> I mean, no, I get it. Like, you know, Long Island's not easy to get to. So I get it. It was, it was, it was big, but I've never seen, I don't have like, a ton of experience with with Kaylin, but I've like never seen Kaylin and been like, that's the real Kaylin. I thought you were gonna say I've no, yeah, there's not much to her. And that's how it seems like how some of these guys on these shows want it. Um they want someone who's doesn't really have an opinion. Um yeah. I thought you were gonna say like I haven't done much research or seen much about van life. <laughs> that's like what you're gonna say. Amy, do you want to get in a van with me and tour the world? Yeah, Jen and Amy are hitting the road. <laughs> Hair ties required. That's right. We got to ward off everybody else. Take it. All of the other people that right, must all of the other person. Around. Oh, this is what I was going to say. So here's the deal. There's something, you know, there's some things that are like really like adorable when you're little, but like when you get older, they're not adorable or they're acceptable when you're a teenager, but they're not acceptable. Like when you get to a certain age, they're just not acceptable anymore. I feel like that's true with band life. Like when or I think about like a kid, like a kid, like sitting at a table, a baby and eating spaghetti with his hands and like getting it all over his face is adorable. A 33 yeah. year old doing that, not yeah. cute. It's not nice, right? I feel like there's an age and that was the same thing with Freaking Cam Brant? Is the name Brant? Grant? From the Yak guy. Why can't I remember his name? I literally don't remember his name. Um, uh, eventually. I will write in the notes underneath this podcast so they will figure it out. Grant? Brant? Brant. Bryce? Mm. Right. It was one of those kinds of names. It was right? one of those kinds of names. <laughs> like a Miami name. Um, Yacht. Bryce. Bruce? On to hot to. Oh my God, my thumbs. I'm trying to imagine it being said by Chloe. She was the one who interacted with him the most. Bryce. It's Bryce. Bryce. I Googled yacht on too hot to handle. And you got Bryce? Yeah. What does Bryce from too hot to handle do? Why, who does Bryce from Two Us Handle look like? Um, Francia Reza? I don't know who that is. Anyway, like, Reza, the, yeah. Reza. I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll send you, I'll send you, we're going off, we're going off book here. I strongly I'm sure everybody listening to this is like, ooh, who does he look like? Um, but what I'm saying in terms, okay, so for those of you who didn't listen to Two Us or didn't watch Two Us for Handle, too hot to handle 
A, you should totally listen to our podcast on it um, because it's hilarious. But B, yeah, I think we did too. We it did was too. Good. It, it was wasn't good. a bad show. I think it was. Yeah. It taught us more. It, we got to see more um, personal development and growth than we've seen on any of these shows, really. Um, at least while people are on it. So. Bryce is this guy who like just wants to like bring women back to his yacht and have sex with them. And again, that has an expiration date. Like maybe when you're like 25, it's like cute because maybe it means he has money or maybe it means he's homeless. We don't know. But when like you're 72 or 62 or 42, it's not that cute anymore. But, but through the show, and this is kind of what we talked about, like we learned that there, there was some rationale behind that for Bryce. There was, yeah. And he kind of, at least he got there. But what I'm saying is the same holds true with living out of your van. Yeah. At least, but if he settled down with her, right? If he settled down, if Dean, I don't want to knock it. Like everyone had, people have different wants and desires. And like, if they, if she's really on board and they're like loving it and traveling around together and like, just like spending their life together, then, then great, go ahead and do that. But it wasn't, it doesn't seem to be, he seems to be who she wants to be with, maybe. And then she's like, okay with this lifestyle choice because of it. I don't know. I don't know. It was a five second conversation that I judged. Well, like, just, uh, yeah. And I have to keep in mind that just because I don't want it doesn't mean that Kaylin doesn't. But I j just like, I felt from the, from the interview that she has, she has no personality or yeah. opinion or voice or agency. Yeah, or her anything. body language was just like smile and nod. Yes. And like a couple times like facial expressions that show like nervousness or insecurity. Yeah, it almost sounded like she didn't understand what people were saying. Yeah. Um, which I don't think I got that vibe from her on the show. I don't remember. Oh, on the show, she was upset because Blake from another season, like, slept with her at Stagecoach and then slept with someone else, and she was making a big deal of it. Yes. And then... But she had a personality there. Yeah. Like she was, she yeah. was like, needling. She was kind of, like, maneuvering stuff. She was manipulating people. Like, she had, yeah. had a very bold, outspoken personality then. Which is yeah. not what we saw now. And and back then, Dean called her dramatic, mm. which is another word they love to throw around on this yeah. show um, about women. So, you know. Well, we wish, what do, what do you say in the South when you're not really saying it? Bless your heart? Bless your heart, yeah. Bless your heart. I'll pray <laughs> for you. I'll, we'll pray for them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, that's what we got for you today. And... I think we're still going strong at some point during the season. We might be like, we have nothing else to say. So we're going to pivot. But for now, we are going to come to you next time with the next week. And yeah. I kind of like it because it's building on itself, right? So like next week, whose who's season is it? Jojo. Right. So next week is Jojo. So now I've seen Jojo and I can see her in her season. So I get, now I'm kind of getting the pull of like bringing people back. I'm like, okay, that makes me fun. <laughs> They've hooked you. I'm getting in there. Only, only the commitment is, is a whole season in one week, like in one episode. Okay. 
I don't think I'm like, it's like people who watch sports and I'm like, oh my God, how much time are you spending watching sports? But like, yeah, we'll have to decide if we want to watch the next two seasons because they're really the most dramatic seasons ever. Well, I don't want to miss them if they're going to like year old woman and a man of color. But Jen, (laughs) will they break the internet? Because I'm only interested in watching things that break the internet. They will if you find out four days after, because you will be like, why? But I already saw that news alert (laughs) on Us Weekly. So why are you making such a big deal about this Chris Harrison? Well, here's the deal. If Chris Harrison makes 17 hyperbolic statements in the next episode, I'll watch the season. Okay, I'm gonna count. (laughs) 17. It's my lucky number. Okay. It's that might birthday. be hard for him. What? It's your birthday. 17th my birthday and my anniversary. Oh, it is your lucky number. It is. Okay. All right, guys. Have a great day, night, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Successful, Single, and Not Willing to Settle, the podcast. Can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Successful Single Female. Check out our website at www.successfulsinglefemale.com or check us out on YouTube at Successful Single and Not Willing to Settle. Have a wonderful day and don't forget to not settle.